Hey you, my entrepreneurial friend. Of 10 years of running my coaching business, I am going to finally teach business. And of course, I'm going to teach business with human design. Because the thing that I've discovered over the last decade is that the way everyone else taught me to run a business didn't freaking work for me. So over this last decade, to create a multiple seven-figure business, I've broken all the rules. I have done everything my way. I have looked experts in the face and downright said no, all to create something I love with greater ease and flow that literally is changing the world. And the best part is it doesn't feel like work at all. It feels like I get to hang out with my best friends and I am having a huge impact on the planet at the same time. So if you own a business that you want to finally maybe start, grow, or even scale, then come and join me on the 9th of May to discover how your human design can create the most beautiful, authentic success for you. For all the details, follow the link in the show notes. I would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet today, the Arakwell people of the Bunjalung Nation, and pay my respects to the elders past, present, and emerging. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Human Design Podcast with me, your host, Emma Dunwoody. I'm a qualified master coach and human behavior specialist, as well as being a qualified human design coach. And I work with clients every single day to answer the big questions. Who am I? Why am I here? And what is my purpose? I also assist them to transition from the person they think they should be to the person they really are on the inside. I teach people how to actually live their design instead of just knowing it. And if this is something that you want to do too, well, stay tuned or reach out for private coaching or human design unpacks where I show you exactly how to live your design. Oh my goodness, I am so excited to share today's guest with you. Um, Unfortunately, I only got 30 minutes with her, so it's a very brief conversation, but I'm so excited that I got to speak to Gabby Bernstein in person. I don't know about you, but she's been a huge part of my evolution over the last, well, long time. And One of the big things for me was she was one of the first role models that was creating success in a completely different way and overcoming, in her case, addiction. And I remember really, really resonating with a lot of what she was sharing about her addiction, really kind of, um, yeah, I felt the same or felt similar things with my depression and panic disorder. So I really resonated with her story. You know, she was also the one that introduced me to A Course in Miracles. And if you haven't read it or gone down that rabbit hole, go check it out. It is a game changer. And in this conversation, we actually talk a little bit about her design. So let me tell you a little bit about Gabby if you don't know who she is. Uh, Gabby Bernstein is a 2-4 emotional generator. She is the right angle cross of four ways. Um, And for more than 16 years, Gabby Bernstein has been transforming lives, including her own. The number one New York bestselling author has penned nine books, including The Universe Has Your Back, which totally changed my life, Super Attractor and Happy Days. 
Gabby was featured on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday as a next generation thought leader. And this was a biggie for me because it was kind of like seeing that Oprah recognized this more spiritual work in the world really gave it validity for me. So I, I that was something that really stood out for me. The New York Times um, identified Gabby as a new role model in her weekly podcast, Dear Gabby. She offers up real-time coaching, straight talk, and conversations about personal growth and spirituality. From her start hosting intimate conversations with 20 people in a New York City apartment, Gabby has grown to speaking to tens of thousands in sold-out venues throughout the world. And Gabby is in Australia. Uh, She's in Australia in April. So if you know her and if you don't know her, check her out because she is an absolute game changer. And I hope you enjoy this episode. And often the thing that we use to try to stay safe becomes the thing that can ultimately kill us. And that was the case for me. You know, I became a drug addict because I was trying to be safe from feelings that were way too impermissible. Yeah. And so I can look back now and recognize my cocaine addiction as a protection mechanism and a way of numbing out really deep suffering. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. Well, just quietly, I could not be more excited. The guest that I have for you guys today is someone that has literally made such a huge impact on my life over the years for a long time. Like I have defining moments of reading your book. So it's so, so cool. So welcome to the podcast, Gabby Bernstein. So happy to be with you. Thank you for waking up early for me. (laughs) So, so happy to do it. Um, Yeah. I want to just kick off by saying a huge thank you. I mean, I know that doing the work that we do in the world, one of the things that can happen is that we kind of almost don't know like if people are even listening, if people out there, and I know for you it's very different, you've got a huge audience now. Um, however, I just want you to know that you have had a massive impact on me because I did find myself in a very dark night of the soul for a very, very long time. And it was your work that was very pivotal in turning that around. So I just want to say a heartfelt thank you for that. I, I really appreciate it because I think you're right. I think we do go through these moments where we're like, people listening? <laughs> And, yeah. and and I haven't really let myself take a lot of the impact in and I'm going to take it in right now. So thank yeah. you. Good, good, good. Take it all in. Um, all right. So of course, because this is the Human Design Podcast, I want to talk a lot about your journey through the frame of human design because, um, you know, like one of the things, as I just said to you before we hit record was it was beautiful just looking at your chart and seeing how you're so in alignment, like that such pivotal parts of the story that you tell and the journey that you you share with us um, are right there in your design. So for our listeners, I'm just going to let them know that you are an emotional generator, 2-4 profile. Um, Do you know much about human design? No, I don't, which is so cool about this. I don't know much about it at all. Oh, it's super cool. Super cool. Okay. So let's dive in. Um, one of the the things that I think is so amazing about you is how many topics that you span in the spiritual and personal development world. And you are really such a way shower for spiritual entrepreneurs, coaches, healers, you know, all of us out there. But, you know, I'm sure you weren't always this person. At some point, there was a dark night of the soul. And I know that we know your story about that. We know that there was a challenge. I'd really love to hear from your point of view, all about your power. Like, how did you step into that? How did you start to trust this 
wow, I'm going through this really challenging time. However, I know that there's something deeper inside of me. And that journey to actually becoming that person that can trust your personal power. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I think that it ha- that I ha- happened many times over. There have been so many instances in my life where I've been brought to my knees and have had to really surrender to some chaotic experiences and traumatic events. And in those moments, there's always been a strong knowing that there's more and that I have an opportunity in those moments to crack open further. And I think that my choice to perceive those circumstances through that lens actually was a big part of my recovery and my ability to move through that discomfort. My willingness to feel big things and go deep in has been a courageous act, but it's also been part of the only, it was like almost the only only way. So I'm interested to hear what it means to be an emotional, what am I, a 2-4 emotional? Generator. Yeah. Emotional generator. Yeah. So I wonder how that goes hand in hand with my willingness to go to the places that scare me and come out the other side. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. And I think I think it's, you bang on, like it's a choice. And the word that you used that was so beautiful is perceive, you know, like we we get to choose our perception. We get to choose the meanings that we we attribute to things, right? And yeah, so for you, you are all about being on the planet to do the work that lights you up. A generator is all about um, their sort of main uh, like top end purpose is really just to do what lights them up because if they're lit up and excited to follow that thing, then they're going to create something huge. Um, and for you being an emotional being, so nearly 50% of the population are non-emotional. So it's this or emotional, non-emotional. So we're nearly a 50-50% split. And one of the things that I thought was fascinating when I first came to human design, because my background is I'm a master coach, so behavioral coaching, and I've spent all these years saying like, oh, wow, I'm creating these thoughts and these thoughts are creating my emotions. However, emotional beings, that's not actually the case. We ride this emotional wave all the time. So when we move through things, it takes us longer to move through things. And when you say like, I've been brought to my knees many times, like, yeah, like emotional people just do. It's like, it sometimes can feel like, wow, haven't I learned this already? Haven't I been there already? But it's because we're constantly in this emotional wave where these non-emotional beings, they still have emotions, they still process emotions, all of those things, except theirs isn't this mechanical wave that's going on so they can feel it and move on. And I know in my journey, I was like, "Why? Did, how did I get over this stuff so quickly? It's like, I keep going around and around. Does that resonate with you? Definitely. Big time. Yeah. 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 And definitely a generator. I'm definitely a generator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've definitely lit up the world. Um, so I want to talk about one of the places in our chart that um, is really important. It is our. It's called our personality Earth, and it's a place in our chart that literally drives us to do the work that we're here to do in the world. And you actually have a gate in there that's called the Gate 24. And in each gate, we have a shadow, a gift, and acidic state. And what is fascinating is you actually have the gate um, 24, which is all about addiction in the shadow. And I think this is fascinating because I really feel like this is a lot of your story, right? And I think so often we're like, oh, my God, I have this problem or I'm broken or um, I need to fix myself. But actually, this has been something that's driven the great success, the work that you're here to do in the world. Um, So do you want to talk a little bit about how 
um, that that perceived problem has really driven you to do great things. Absolutely. Well, I have been sober for 17 and a half years and in my, so it's almost half my life, truly. Mm. And wow. Well, not exactly. I mean, I'm, uh, I was 25 when I got sober. So, but yeah, I mean, it will be half my life at some point. That's a good, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's major. And so I, I have, uh, this journey that I chose to undergo of becoming a sober woman and not just getting sober from the standpoint of putting down the drink and the drug or going to meetings, but doing the work of being brave enough to go deeper into what led me to be an addicted person in the first place. Why did I need that addiction? to survive. Mm. And often the thing that we use to try to stay safe becomes the thing that can ultimately kill us. And that was the case for me. You know, I became a drug addict because I was trying to be safe from feelings that were way too impermissible. Yeah. And so I can look back now and recognize my cocaine addiction as a protection mechanism and a way of numbing out really deep suffering. Mm. And that is a life journey to really get to that place to be able to look around and say, oh, okay, I can see that really destructive pattern in my life from a completely different lens. I can see it now through the lens of gratitude and appreciation. I can see it through the lens of the spiritual realm and say, oh yeah, that was exactly as it was meant to be to bring me to my knees so I could go deeper. And I have a lot of gratitude and respect for my my addiction and for those humans who fall into a path of addiction because they're really just wounded creatures much like myself wounded humans who have experienced some form of trauma and have not had the resources to really process that unresolved terror and fear mm. and so of course if we've had those kinds of experiences why wouldn't we pick up you know why wouldn't we look to numb it out and so I think with that perspective, it's much more um, compassionate to see addiction through that lens. And I, I hope through my experience and transformation of my perception of my addiction, that I can help a lot of other addicts start to experience their addiction the same and to see it as a um, effect of, of a inner wound that needs to be healed in a different way. Mm, I love that. And I love that it's also been like from the outside, you know, one of the beauties is that the vulnerability of sharing the story gives so much power to those people that listen and follow your story. And I think oh, yeah. it's because I know for me, I think the first thing that I was drawn into was this talk of manifestation. And then when I got there, I was like, oh, wow, this is so much deeper. And of course, what I didn't know at the time was, yes, I wanted to manifest all of these things, but I had to look in the darkness to actually manifest the things because I was trying to skip over that sort of that part. And I think that that's something that's so beautiful about your work. Um, you know, I think that the one of your books in particular, The Universe Has Got Your Back, I feel like that's just a mantra. It's now become this, this mantra that we all kind of live by because that gap, you know, and a lot of that, that you know, this energy energies within you within this same gate is that once you trust the gap, the unknown, the unseen, that you can sort of transcend that 
whatever that pattern is that's keeping you stuck and start to create this more magical life. So it's just so beautiful too that you're actually the the example of it and being able to choose a vulnerability. Because I think also for me personally, you really were one of the first people to that I looked to to say, wow, I can do something different. You know, I was in the advertising industry. It's the last thing I wanted to do. I didn't want to work in that sort of environment. And to see someone out there that was doing it her own way and sharing her voice um, in such a unique way was so empowering to me because there really wasn't many people out there doing it um, when I was looking for mentors like you. And so what was that like as you started to journey out in the world, as you started to share your story, you started to write, and I want to talk about your speaking because this is actually so much of your, your real gift, your core talent, but what was that like as you were forging this new way? Um, and I and I get that it wouldn't have been easy, but those moments, because I think so many of my listeners they're transitioning into a new way of being, you know, whether that's from corporate to their own business, whether that's, you know, just going, no, I, I'm no longer going to do that. I want to do this instead. So what was that like for you? How did you keep taking those steps when maybe it was quite challenging and you didn't, you know, a thing I hear all the time at the moment is I don't have a mentor because things are changing so fast. There's not like these perfect little mentors for everyone along the road to look up to. And I'm sure that you probably had moments of that too. Like there's no one doing this. So how did you keep going? How did you keep your eye on your vision? I didn't really give myself any other choice. I think this comes back to me being a generator. It's like what exactly what you said, exactly what you said. If I find something that I am passionate about, I am going to the depths of the earth to make it happen. I'm writing my 10th book right now, 10 books in 13 years. That's so it's it's like that only can happen because of the deep love and joy that it brings. And it wouldn't otherwise come forward. So I think that to build the life and the career that I have had is just truly an extension of me following my great love to the end, right? Like just just forever. My husband always jokes around like, you know, Gabby will be doing this when she's 95. I will. I'll be just like my my, my late mentor, Louise Hay. I'll be, I'll be on the stage at 95 cursing. And it's just what it is. It's just my plan. And I, so I, I have, I, I didn't have struggles to create my, my purpose-driven path. There, excuse me, of course, there have been struggles, interpersonal struggles, leadership struggles, struggles to run a business, dot, dot, dot. But in terms of like the motivation to show up every day, that's always there. That's mm-hmm. never been lacking. And I guess that's because I'm a generator. Yeah, I love that. And you're absolutely spot on. It's like when we find the thing that lights us up, when we find the thing that we're here to do in the world, then it's, yeah, we, we're just going to keep going and keep responding and keep um, putting one foot in front of the other. I love that. Um, so in human design, there's a part of our chart that we actually call our core talent. Um Our chart also gives us so many indications of all the great things that we can do, all of our superpowers. But this is kind of a place where we um, can get quite specific on something. And what I loved to see in your chart was that you actually have um, the gate 12, which is the gate of grace. Um, And it's all about language. It's all about um, 
being able to use your voice to move people, to really connect with people emotionally. Um, it's also a place in our chart where um, it's said to be a gate of channeling, um, and which I think is so beautiful because so much of your work is speaking, and I feel like this is so on the money, if you like. One of the things about this gate, so I'm just super curious from a human design point of view, is that we call it, um, and it's an individual voice, so again, it's talking about self as opposed to the tribe or the collective, even though you have a lot of those things in your chart as well, so you bring the individual self to the tribe or the collective. But one of the things is that it's what we call a moody gate. So it's like having that ability to be really super magical when you're in alignment and sharing. Because often, you know, I've watched so many videos. I haven't yet got to see you live, um, but so many videos. And when you're speaking, you just, you're so there. So how and how has it been developing that voice? Have you found that there's been times that obviously I, once you get on stage, I'm sure it just flows straight through you but really developing that core talent of yours. Um, Tell us a little bit about that journey, like trusting what's coming out of your mouth. I know for me in my journey, trusting my voice, there's been moments of, wow, did I just say that? Or God, will I ask the right questions? Or Mm -hmm. until I get into that moment. But tell, I'd love people to hear that journey to really trusting that core talent of using your voice and trusting the channel as well. Because that's not thinking, that's just connecting. I like this language of calling my speaking my core talent. I've always thought of it as my art. I believe that when I know where I'm going, like I know what my intention is, and I'm in my heart and not my head, that words beyond my own can come through and that my speaking becomes a collaborative communication device through which I allow inspiration to move through me. And I also allow my own human experience and interpretation of that inspiration to be in collaboration. And so it's this awesome dance between listening and allowing and then informing from my own personal presence and and I'm quite funny and I'm fun and I'm being me while at the same time being a channel for a very high level conversation. And so it's sort of, I, I joke around, like, it's like, uh, you know, it's like a, you know, comedy act, but it's also this spiritual throwdown, you know, yeah. uh, kind of like a preacher and Chappelle got together, you know, yeah. and, um, and it, and it, and it, and it is my art. It truly is my art and my core, my core strength too, because it has been for me, one of the greatest experiences of my life to be on stage and you know, I'm coming back to Australia. I'm coming to see you guys in Melbourne. And I hope you can come be, be in the presence of this. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, Melbourne, Sydney, <clears throat> Brisbane. And and I have been like almost gearing up for it because I've not been on a stage as nearly as much as I used to prior to COVID. And then there was a big swell of talking and then I just sort of pulled it back a bit. And now I'm going out and it's, I'm just like literally like physically and emotionally preparing for that because it's another, it's like another frequency that I have to move into when I'm on, on stage. And if I enter the, if I get on the stage in the, in the wrong frequency, it's a train wreck. And the other thing also is, is I've really grown to love and respect an outline because an outline allows me to be untethered. So if I know where I'm going, I can then riff between the lines and just let go. 
But if I don't have a clear through line and intention of where I'm going, I can lose the audience. I can disconnect. I can feel all over the place. Um, and I've had that experience lately. I've been speaking very, I've been speaking monthly at a recovery center and I've been having this agenda of like kind of just showing up and bringing my truth, but also bringing some specific training that I'm workshopping in my book and a new book I'm writing. And it's been like a big fuck up a bunch of times for me. I mean, maybe other people didn't notice, but for me, I'm like, I lost them or it wasn't, you know, it was over their head and these are such fragile people and they're days sober. And I've had to think about what's missing there. I'm like, what's missing is the outline. Like, don't get so cocky that you can just show up and just stand on the stage. Of course I can, but yeah. it's always going to be more connected if I really have crafted where I want to take that specific audience and I give them the respect and the care of really creating and crafting a through line that's going to be serving them. Mm -hmm. um, does that mean that I couldn't just walk on a stage and give a talk? Of course I can. But I think that you got to know your audience and you have to prepare for them and care mm -hmm. for them. Oh my God. I love that. I love that because, um, you know, going back to the whole mentor thing, it's so beautiful to see someone that has such success, have such uh, reverence for the work and for the people. You know, I think that's so incredibly important. And mm -hmm. I also love what you say, because I have to geek out on the human design piece is that being a generator, you're always in response. So yeah. what that means is if you don't have, like you say, the through, the through line or the intention or whatever it is, it literally just feels like you're flailing out there and no, there's nothing to respond to. There's nothing for you to, to respond to. And I know for me personally, you know, like even doing social media or something like that, not that I have to write too much of that myself these days, but if I don't have something to respond to, if it's not a share from an experience or, you know, a question that a client asks, then it's really hard to do. So that makes mm. so much sense. Mm. Now I'm super conscious and I'm super excited that you guys are coming to Australia, which is so good. And yes, I am doing my damnedest because I think you're, do you know the dates off the top of your head? Of course, we'll put them in the show notes. I can find them for you. Hold on. Here we are. Let's find these dates. May, April 28th in Melbourne. 29th in Sydney and second in Brisbane, May 2nd in Brisbane. Amazing. Amazing. So for all of you out there in Australia, please, it is such a great opportunity. So we'll put all the dates in the show notes, the links so you can buy tickets. Um, yeah, I think we will be trekking up to Brisbane actually now that we've moved up to Byron Bay. Oh, please come. Yes, come, 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 come. Yes. It'll come. be brilliant. I'm sure. Yeah. Tell all your friends in Byron to come to Brisbane. That sounds good. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's just a short drive up the road for us. Um, oh, cool. Good. So from the view as a powerful, heart-driven, successful woman, what do you believe we need to be, do, have to create a better world? If you can give the planet a message with intention of total transformation from fear to love, what would that message be? I know it's a huge, wide-open question, but... Well, I think that what we need to do is to tend to and relate to and care for the undeveloped parts of ourselves, the the wounded children inside of us, and heal them and, and care for them through therapeutic development, spiritual development. And when we do that, we can get back into the center of the self, the truth of who we are, our resilience, our grace, our adult resourced energy. And that is where we want to lead from. That's where we want to show up from. I'm not always there. I've, been, I've actually been super, super triggered lately and taken out of that place, but I'm constantly in the pursuit of coming back to it. And so I think that has to be the goal is like really developing a core center of, of inner resilience through the 
experience of caring for the parts of us that were really damaged as children and and never really gave the permission to be seen or heard. Mm, I love that. And as you were speaking, what popped into my mind is just to become whole again. So Mm. I love that. Gabby, I know you have to run away. Thank you so much for your time. And I am going to see you in Brisbane. I'll see you in Brisbane, baby. Enjoy (laughs) the tour. Enjoy Australia. Um, Have fun while you're here. And um, yeah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, my love. Thank you for having me. So welcome. Bye for now. Yay. Thanks everyone for being here all the way to the end of the podcast. I hope you got lots of value out of it. I certainly had a lot of fun doing it. Could I please ask that you share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also, bonus points, could you leave a review for me as well on Apple? It would be greatly appreciated. If at any point you would like to be on the podcast or you've got questions that you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, by all means, get on my socials and DM me. Everything you need is there in the show notes. Have an awesome day. Bye for now.